Tom Farrell. I'm Sean Swarner. And this is another one of our Hope Podcasts. Helping others persevere every day. Sean, I am going to give you the honors and the responsibility of coming up with our kickoff quote for our podcast today because I know you have had this one in your back pocket for a long, long time and been wanting to to uh, discuss this. So without further ado, why don't you throw out the quote for today and get us going? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of... Uh ironic that we're talking about it because initially we had the what we had planned was to have a uh, I guess a, a special guest who was a guy who's going on my Kilimanjaro trip and he couldn't be on the show because something came up and he had to go to help his, his daughter with something so I guess in a, in a roundabout way we were a little ill prepared for this because we had something all prepared uh, so kind of leading into that it's a quote by Benjamin Franklin that says, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And like I said, I, I think it's, it's kind of ironic because we didn't have another subject. We didn't have anything lined up for this. And all of a sudden, uh, Luke is his name. He, he had to leave. And we're like, all right, well, what do we do? So then uh, the guy that you never hear from, Will, who's sitting there with his earphones in, waving right now, who's just smiling, he's not, he doesn't talk much, um, he said, all right, well, let's, let's go on with this idea of, uh, hey, the fact that Sean's leaving and you have to be prepared. And uh, it's, uh, like I said, kind of funny that, uh, Tom, both you and I kind of weren't prepared, but the guy who's, uh, who's actually running the show that you never hear from, <laughs> he, he was totally prepared for it. All right. So... Are you telling me that we're going to crash and burn with this podcast today because we have done zero <laughs> pre preparation for it? Or are we going to be able to come out of the tailspin and, and talk about something that's going to actually help people and uh, maybe motivate them if they're ever faced with this situation in life? Well, that was a great podcast. I'm Sean Swarner. <laughs> we'll take it over. You're the one who came up with this today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we, in a roundabout way, we were prepared. And I think looking at it from a you know, different perspective, we were prepared because life prepared us for this situation where a lot of people would freak out, you know, and, and it really, uh, for me, it kind of, and I'll, I'll ask you too, you know, it kind of goes back to Everest, the mountains. And as we said, I'm, I'm leaving for Kilimanjaro here in literally five or six days, I think. My flights have been changed probably four or five different times, but because I've been there enough times, you know, I have a checklist. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm getting into, and we can talk about that in a bit, but as far as this podcast goes, you know, we have so many stories. We, we know what we can bring up, and as opposed to freaking out and thinking, oh my God, let's just, let's just not do it. You know, we, we've been in situations like this before where we know how to deal with the stress and we know how to mentally prepare within five minutes. And I'm sure you've been in situations where something has, has gone awry, something has gone wrong on the, on the set, and all of a sudden you, you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, what are we going to do? But you, you don't freak out, you remain calm, take a couple breaths, and you think, all right, logically, this, 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 and this, because you know what the end result is. For this, the end result is to put something awesome together that people can listen to and something for them to take away that they can learn from. You know, I'm sure you've, you've had similar situations where you think to yourself, all right, this is what I want. This is how I'm going to get it. And if it doesn't work, go a different path. 
One of my favorite expressions that we use here at work is default to reality because we can come up with all sorts of different scenarios for a show. And a lot of times those scenarios go right out the window when you actually do start rolling cameras and, and begin filming. And I always tell, especially younger producers who are so caught in the script itself and want to follow it to the letter of the law, I always say that just default to reality sometimes. So an example would be, if you had planned for a beautiful sunny day of shooting and you wake up and it's pouring rain outside, you have to go with what life has presented you with and it's pouring rain. And so we are not gonna cancel the whole shoot which would involve thousands of thousands of dollars, all sorts of people's time, travel plans, all those things that go into a one day shoot. And so what you do is you wrap the rain into whatever it is we're filming that day. And every time, every time it works because that's life. That's the reality of life. So if you do default to reality in other situations in life, most times it works out just fine. And yeah, we all have that perfect sunny day script in our mind. We have that sunny day script in our mind for life, but we all know there's going to be rainy days in life. So prepare for those rainy days, whether it's, uh, you always hear that, that term financially always save for a rainy day, you know, whether it's, whether it's financially or, or even mentally in your approach to life. So, um, yeah, I'm with you there. Default to reality, my man. <laughs> that, that's yeah, absolutely. And I was wondering, you know, while you were talking, you have, you have a responsibility, you know, not just to yourself, you have a responsibility to other people who are on the set. You, you have a responsibility to, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of people. So when, when that does happen, when you don't have your rainy days or when you don't have your, your sunny day script and it does rain, you know, what holds you to, to, to continuing on and not tossing out the script? Um, experience. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what keeps you holding on because you know, just like you started off this podcast, that you've done this before and that you can get through the rainy day. And so sometimes it's even going to be better than what you had in your mind. Um, another, I know I'm using expressions, but since these are the ones that are popping to top of mind, since we just threw this topic out there, I remember hearing the expression, um, uh, it was from Arnold Palmer, the golfer. And there were a bunch of people standing around the putting green watching him practice his putts. And he had this really long putt that he drained, maybe 20, 30 feet away. And a person in the gallery said, man, what a lucky putt. And Palmer very calmly turned, walked over to this individual and said, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And it can be applied to so many other moments in life. So somebody would say, man, you guys got really lucky with what you produced with that rainy day situation that happened. But what they don't see is all the hard work that went into preparing for that rainy day, not even knowing it, subconsciously preparing for it. And the same can, I always say to my kids too, like if they ace a test and someone says to them, man, you got so lucky on that test, what they didn't see was them staying up to all hours of the night preparing for that test. So the moment itself may appear to be a lucky moment, but all the background is anything 
but luck because it all feel it all deals with preparation. Absolutely, I I love that. I actually use that quote in one of my uh, uh, videos I'm working on for my my online program, and it's it's funny because. I do the same thing. And, and so many people, they, you're right with, with your, with your kids, they don't see the hard work. They see, you know, point A and then point Z, you know, they, they don't see all the hard work in between. And all of a sudden they think, Oh man, that, that guy's never had anything go wrong in his life. And, and, and it's, it's so not true because I, I've actually, you know, with, with the mountains and, and especially with the, uh, uh, with, with Kilimanjaro coming up, I actually, train harder than the actual event so that way when the when the event itself comes around i'm thankful i don't have to train anymore so i'm, I'm preparing my mind preparing my brain and my body to endure those elements you know but in in the same breath and I'm, I'm thinking of a couple other things too another fun quote is if plan a doesn't work out there are 25 other letters in the alphabet <laughs> but 25 different plans. Exactly. But that's, that also brings up another point where I, I also like the idea of only having plan A. So that way you stick to it and no matter what happens, you're going to make that plan come true. So basically, if, if you're looking at the end result, and for me, going to Kilimanjaro, yes, the, the idea is in the concept and, and the goal is to, to make it to the top. You know, and, and I've been up there enough times. However, for other people, yeah, they, that's that's their that's plan A, and that's that's what they want. You know, they want to get up there no matter what, and they'll find a way to make it happen. So if you believe in your plan enough, even if it is rainy, even if even if there's sixty mile an hour winds on the mountain, we will make it. You know, barring somebody getting altitude sickness, we will make it to the top of Africa. So kind of tongue-in-cheek joking, I've always said, you know, if plan A doesn't work out, there are 25 letters in the alphabet, you know, you have 25 other plans, which could be true. However, if you look at it from another perspective, you're setting yourself up for failure by thinking, oh, I have another plan. Oh, I know that if, if that doesn't work out, something else will. And when you do that, you're thinking to yourself, well, you know what, plan A is potentially, well, you know, it's not going to work out. So, but that's okay. I have, I have plan B. So you're not going to put enough effort and energy into plan A. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it totally does. I mean, we joked at the start of this podcast about not being prepared for this one and having no idea what we were going to do. But overall, we do have a plan for this podcast and there's a structure to it. So we have just applied our experience into that structure. And it also comes with doing this many, many times. So on your trip to Kilimanjaro, you've done this before and you have a plan. There's an agenda that people can look at and see. It's just being able to tweak that agenda in case there's an audible that, ha that needs to be called. Yeah, ab absolutely. It's not like we show up in Africa and say, all right, guys, well, we're, we're on the mountain. Do you want to go today? <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we show up, we have two days off. We do a gear check on that second day. And if the gear check doesn't look good for some people, and I have a list of things, so if, if, if somebody doesn't have something, we can go rent or I can bring enough stuff to borrow some other gear. And then the, the day after that, we go to the Machame Gate. And from Machame Gate, we hike up to the Machame Huts. And we have six days on the mountain. This year, we're doing seven days. And we know exactly where we can stop. We know exactly what we're going to be doing. And if it doesn't work out, we can go five minutes further and stop there. So we do have backup plans. However, we still stick to plan A. 
Yep. Yep. And I think you have to have a plan. It goes back to the saying, you know, the, the best type of people are the ones who make that plan look seamless and smooth and almost like you didn't have a plan, like everything just miraculously worked out and unfolded in front of you. But you need to have that plan. And that takes hard work. It takes dedication. It takes determination. All those ingredients go into a plan coming out. Because if you do just wing things in life, not always going to work out um, the, the, the way you want it to. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I hate to say this and I hate to admit it to anybody, but uh, in college, I used to uh, wear my rollerblades all the time. They're actually inline skates. So like I used to be the guy who jumped on the rails and I could grind down, go down steps, everything. So I was, I was, I would say I was decently good. And one of my professors said that I, I looked like I was poetry in motion on those things. And when, when, when you're good at something, you make it look easy. You know, you make it almost look effortless. Look at the people who are, who are swimmers. Look at the athletes who are out there. They make it look easy. But what you're seeing again isn't the preparation. You know, they're prepared for every single situation. And they've, they've done that throughout their entire lives. They put in the due diligence. They put in the hard work, both mentally, physically, well, I guess both, not both, but mentally, physically, and emotionally. And they make it look easy because they put in so much time. Again, you don't see that middle ground where they're actually putting in the effort and making that and, and doing that hard work. So let's talk a little bit about your expertise, your field of expertise. What's the hardest thing to prepare for when you're getting ready to go to the highest point in Africa? For, for other people, I think the hardest part would probably, and that, that's a great question because we just had those, those two guys here. Um, the hardest part is preparing for the unknown. And I think it's, it's because, you know, no matter how much I describe the mountain to them, no matter how much detail I get into, it's not real to them. And summit night is, we, we go up, we wake up at 11 p.m., we leave at midnight, and we're hiking, you know, it's only an extra 3,000 miles from base, or 3,000 miles, 3,000 feet from base camp to the summit. And you're looking up and out, and it's literally right in front of you like a, uh, a canvas, black canvas, where there are lights poked in it. So it's like a, a black canvas with holes punched in it with a backlight. And you look up there, you're not, and it's so high up, you don't know if those are headlamps from other climbers or if they're stars. So you, you can't differentiate because you have no idea what's going on. And helping other, helping other people understand they can control their fear of the unknown, I think is the biggest challenge. Because when you don't know what's going to happen, which is the case, because you, you don't know what the, the terrain is going to be like. You don't know what the conditions are going to be like. You don't know what the weather is going to be like. You don't know what Mother Nature is going to throw in your face. And when you can't prepare for that, your mind goes crazy and you start thinking, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? And I, I tell them all the time, well, what if it doesn't? So how do you settle your mind? How do you get these people to arrive at a good mindset when they're at the, when they're at the base of this mountain? That, that's simple. Every time we go, I always send people what I call, I, I actually have, and I can send it to, I'll send it to you if you want to check it out or anybody. Um, it's called a core values assessment. So it taps into what people value most and it helps me understand why they're on the mountain 
And it could be, you know, anything, uh, and it works for any sport. It works for anything, period. So a lot of people, you know, they love tough love. You know, I, I, and, and while we're going up the mountain, if they're struggling, I kind of see them swaying back and forth because of the altitude. They're getting super tired. Everybody's like a walking zombie at this point. So I go up to them, and if they need tough love, I get behind them, and I just kind of whisper in their ear, you're never going to make it. Sometime, and if, and if, that, if that works for them, that's, that's what I say. Otherwise, I get up next behind somebody else, and I, I whisper something like, remember why you're here. Or I'll go up to somebody else. I worked with uh, one of the guys who's going up this year. We talked about visualization, and there are three main components to that that a lot of people uh, don't understand. With visualization, most people th think that if they see themselves successful, they're going to be doing great. You know, but the, it's, it's not the things. You know, it's, it's not the boat. It's not the house. It's not the car. It's, it's what you're going to be doing with that stuff. So the same thing with the summit of Kilimanjaro. Once you get to the top, if you just picture yourself up there, fantastic. That's great. What, then what? You have, to, you have to incorporate all of your senses. You have to hear the wind. You have to hear the people breathing around you. You have to smell what it's like up there. But the main component that people forget, and this is the most important part, when you get up there, you have this explosion of emotions. And you just feel just overwhelmed with joy and happiness and accomplishment. And all of a sudden now, in, a, in, a, in an instant, you're empowered. And you just have all these tremendous feelings. So when people visualize, I have them picture that first. Picture the feelings. So when I get up behind somebody, like I said earlier, the guy I was working with, I get, I'll get up behind him and I'll say, remember how it feels to be on the top. Because that way he's actually remember. if this is going to sound really weird, he's remembering the future. So I get up behind him and I say, remember what it feels like to be up top. Because he's visualized himself there so many times, he taps into that emotional aspect of it and it keeps going. There's a book I read one time by Stephen Covey, and it was the seven recipes for success. And one of them was begin with the end in mind. And it sounds exactly like what you just described there. If Absolutely. You're standing there with all your gear and you're getting ready to make the ascent up the mountain and you visualize in your head what it's going to feel like when you do reach the top, I think that can be a really motivating factor behind you as you endure all of these challenges going up there. If you can picture yourself at the very top, I, I've heard, I've heard um, in, in some of the shows that we've done with some of these athletes, some of these superstar athletes, Jerry Rice one time told us that he would lay – in his hotel room bed the night before the Super Bowl, and he would visualize catching a pass in the Super Bowl in the end zone. So before the game even started, he would close his eyes and visualize that ball coming into his hand in the end zone and him making a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And sure enough, um, it came true, and there's plenty of video that can prove that with one of the greatest receivers of all time. And I think if we were to take that um, practice and apply it to our own lives. Now we might not be catching Super Bowl uh, <laughs> winning touchdown passes, but you, you could apply it to your own life and something that you really want. If you visualize it, that can be a motivating factor to go get it. Absolutely. And you know, I, I know how much you love golf, right? So here's, here's a perfect example because like you said, 
none, nobody listening to this is probably going to be catching a Super Bowl pass. You know, nobody who's going to be listening to this is going to be climbing to the summit of Mount Everest. Maybe. I mean, who knows? But to make it more relatable, golf. Okay? You're having a great game. Backswing's perfect. You're shooting it right down the fairway, straight, 300-some yards. Beautiful. All of a sudden, you shank one. Just one. Then you do another one. And now all of a sudden, you're getting in your head. Now you're starting to think, okay, pay attention to the backswing. Keep that left elbow locked. You see here, follow through. Your brain gets overwhelmed. And what happens is your brain actually gets in the way of your performance. So if you can see all those, those potential possibilities that could get in your way before you get there, it's almost like muscle memory, but it's muscle memory from, for your brain. So you, the main thing for you, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, is you enjoy having, you enjoy golf. You, you have a great time doing it. But as soon as one of the balls, you know, goes off into the woods, you get pissed off. What you have to do is just remember why you're doing it and remember that your body knows how to swing the club. Stop thinking about it and enjoy the game more. Yeah, and, and I think that translates across all different walks of life. Um, that if you just enjoy the experience and not let some of those bad shots bring you down and take you down a bad, a bad road, that overall the end is going to be a much more enjoyable round for you. And you might not shoot the best score that you've ever had, but if you enjoy the conversation – take in some of the nature, um, actually have a good experience with the people that you're with so much more than just the score. And I think you can apply that to all different walks of life. Maybe not from a score standpoint, but at least from an experience standpoint. Yeah. As, as you're talking, I wonder if you could use it as a metaphor for life, you know, cause you, you mentioned you want to be out there. You want to enjoy it. So many people, their heads get in the way. So I think the key to life is just enjoying it. So many, so many people are looking at, you know, what, what, what's, what's the purpose of life? You know, find a life of purpose. Yeah, like, like today. I, I enjoy these conversations with you. I look forward to our weekly chat that we have and really have no idea the road that we're going to go down or what we're going to end up talking about. But I always find myself energized and uh, ready, ready to go after I have a, a conversation with you because I enjoy the journey. And you talked about listening. It's like that, that's a skill set that I've really worked on too is be present in the conversation that you're with and enjoy that. And the same holds true probably for when you're on the mountain. If you have your head down looking at one step after another and you're not taking in everything that's around you, what what's the journey then for you is it is it literally just a physical feat to get up the mountain or are you experiencing the hardships that maybe a mate that you're tra traveling with is experiencing during that or you notice a beautiful animal that maybe came across the path that if you had your head down you were going to miss so uh, i'm i'm all for that sean yeah i i, I love it too and you're, and you're absolutely right the um this this statistic could I mean, this this will blow your mind. The average success rate for every group going up the mountain is forty eight percent. Forty eight. Forty eight percent. Fifty two percent of the people from all expeditions don't even make it to the top of Kilimanjaro. Wow. My groups are ninety eight percent success rate. And I've been up there. This will be my I think my nineteenth or twentieth time on the top of Kilimanjaro. 
And, and can you pinpoint why or do you? Ab you yeah, ab sorry to cut you off. Absolutely. And it's, it's because of what you just mentioned. Every other group is going with um, different guides, different porters who are focused on getting them from camp to camp and up to the top and back down because they see it as a job. What we do is we do things differently as opposed to looking at the entire mountain as one giant climb and getting overwhelmed. We break it down going from this camp to this camp. That's day one. This camp to this camp. That's day two. But you don't even worry about day two until you get to day two. So for us, we, we are the only group. I bring a, a Bluetooth speaker up on the mountain. We're singing, we're dancing, we're having a great time. Everybody else from every other group, their head is down, they're focused on their feet, they miss the animals that are going by. We're up looking around, we're seeing the monkeys swinging from the, the, the trees in the, in the African jungle. And, we're, and basically what happens is the summit becomes a byproduct of having fun. Cool, as you were talking that, led me to think like that's probably that approach to the mountain is probably why you met those guys who do those paintings because you had your head up and you're aware with people around and probably a lot of people come off the mountain get on the bus and go back to wherever they're staying and never even interact with these guys at the foot of the mountain who are creating just gorgeous pieces of of art so i think a lot of that goes to the dna that's inside of you sean well, I, I, you, I have nothing to do with that. You can thank my mom and dad for that. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I do think it, it, it is about just opening up your eyes and seeing what's around you. And again, one, so many people freak out. One of the best things to do is just be in the present. Because if, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. Because you're, you're, you're kind of reveling in things that, that you should have changed or things that happened in the past. And your brain goes crazy thinking, okay, well, what if this happens for the future? But if you just stop, and, and again, you just put your hand on your stomach, take a couple deep breaths, you're back in the present and you're noticing things again. You know, you're really, truly appreciating life from every possible angle. All right, before we go today, what, what's your takeaway from today as far as our, our Benjamin Franklin quote about being prepared? Anything that jumps to the top of the mind? Well, one, one I just mentioned, you know, don't freak out. Stop, breathe, remember what you want. Remember your end result. Focus on that. Not the things going wrong, you know, because if you do that, then you are prepared. You know, if you look at all the stuff that could potentially go right and wrong, you know, that's, that's one of the things that most people forget to do when they visualize as well. They look at the success, they work backwards, but they neglect to see all the obstacles that could potentially get in their way. You know, it's, it's almost like um, uh, they're, they're living in a fairy tale land where, oh, this is going to sound funny, they're living in a fairy tale way, land where their unicorns exist and everybody farts cotton candy. You know, <laughs> you know that, that doesn't exist. So I think if, if you begin, and this is the second one, <laughs> if you begin at the end and work backwards with those true emotional attachment, the, the emotional attachment to the end result, work backwards, but also see those potential obstacles. That way, when you do potentially get to one of those obstacles, you are prepared. And if I could add the visualization standpoint, which kind of piggybacks off of that about being prepared, but just take some time to visualize where you're going in life and what you want to do in life. And 
that's part of the preparation. So I, I kind of like those three takeaways. And uh, as always, I enjoy these conversations. As I said before, I appreciate your friendship, Sean. I'm grateful that we're able to do this. I'm grateful that we're able to be in the present, at least for this short amount of time, whether it's 20, 25 minutes. It's a good recharge of the battery for me, and I hope it does the same for you. Absolutely, man. I, I definitely appreciate it and grateful for you as well. And Will, I know you're still there. Thanks, thanks for the suggestion and all the help. Thanks for helping us be prepared. He's given a thumbs up and a smile. So until next time, uh, I'm Tom Farrell. I'm Sean Swarner. And that's your dose of hope for today.